to your mother it's time for another episode of birds with friends just some high flying ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eating pray like pazookies on birthdays it's philadelphia marissa bow and zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till zach runs off with his valet keys he's a real nuanced goose pull up a branch get loose it's time for some juice on some birds with friends the early bird gets the worm but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends marissa bow and zach are here to squawk don't miss the mistress talk on some this is what it's all about we do daily podcasts for like two and a half weeks during training camp we got all kinds of time for guests and nonsense i will open up a two-hour block hello everybody and welcome to birds with friends on a wednesday afternoon bo wolf zach berman marissa done here joined by super bowl champion host of the green light podcast chris long chris thank you for joining us it's good to see y'all it's good to see you i do have to start with uh with like an embarrassing callback um that i'm gonna see if you remember i've told this story on the podcast before but uh, i think before your uh your last season with the eagles you had mentioned that like you were thinking about starting a podcast after yeah. your playing career and i like sheepishly came up to you i was like hey uh like if you need some help like with with a podcast <laughs> we might be able to help you like and you were like uh i think i'm good but thanks no, i mean um i probably could have used your help in the beginning it was uh you know still could you guys are pros but yeah it's been um a process man it's like football you gotta learn on the fly like there's no way to make the mistakes without going out and making them and uh, over four years i feel like i've learned a lot so uh just thankful to be in y'all's company well that's that's nice of you to say but you're uh, you're crushing it obviously thanks man uh, I do want to start with um, one thing that I remember um, from your time with the Eagles is how much you hated the questions about playing your brother. Oh, um, yeah. And so if you were a Kelsey uh, for dealing with this for two weeks, how would you feel? Uh, good, because they did a whole pod. Now, I podcast with my brother, but <laughs> right. they did a brother branded podcast. So those guys love the brother thing. Uh, me and Kyle got, I think for us, it's like a third layer to like, oh, well, second layer. First layer is like 30 years of dad questions. <laughs> and then like it transitions to like, let's talk about the other people in your family. And just how interesting is it that you guys both play, both play football? Um, and then like game week, it just, it turns into this thing where it feels uh, cheap to like talk about it and give it airtime when there's so many things going on in the game, especially at that point in my career where I wasn't in my prime. Like when I played Kyle and he was in Chicago, um, you know, and I was in St. Louis, it was a bigger deal. We were two of the best players on the field, but like later in my career, it just felt dumb to make it about us. But if I was the Kelsey's number one podcast, New Heights, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you, you know, their parents are at, at all the games. Uh, I'm hoping to get an interview with his mom, Donna, with their mm -hmm. mom, Donna. Uh, that's one of my biggest gets in phoenix hopefully i think they can make um, it happen yeah yeah we'll try uh i think it's damn cool man like in all seriousness when you think about it just the odds of one person going to the nfl are just so slim and then two of them at different positions and quite possibly you know i think gronk's the best tight end of all time but you know you can make a case for kelsey um and then kelsey the center uh, my friend uh is one of the best of all time at his position it's insane and they're different body types it's just so like the odds of this happening are so low and now they play each other in the Super Bowl. I've I've heard you talk on on your pod a number of occasions about 
the Super Bowl week and in particular, yeah. you know, 52 when you guys were in the shopping mall basically the whole time. It's crazy. Um, but you've experienced it twice as a player. You've experienced it. You know, you're experiencing it now on the, on the other side. Put our listeners in the shoes of what it's actually like not to play in the game, but right. like to be in the Super Bowl that whole week. Well, the playing in the game is one thing, right? It's it's football, but everything else around it is such a it's a shock to your system. Um, I can remember in New England getting there, getting to Houston and sitting in my room and I've told this story a bunch and just being like, okay, I'm here. And usually when I get to an away game, like that's my sanctuary. I get up to the room, I just lay on the the bed and I don't touch the remote. And it's Mario Lopez for like an hour, <laughs> like extra, extra, you know, that whole thing. And I just veg out and don't do anything. And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, I get in my room and I hear helicopters, people outside, like there's fans in the lobby. You can hear everybody down the street and you realize that like there is no you time um and i think that's the biggest revelation that i had immediately um was that the, you're not going to be able to go through your normal game routine and that continues the entire week as people hit you up for tickets to come to parties i mean there was a super bowl party jeffrey threw a party friday night in the mall of america um by friday like i'm so damn tired like this is my time to get some sleep it's my time to watch film I went down to Jeffrey's party for like three minutes to show my face, came back up to the room, like no disrespect to Jeffrey. He's why we're here. But at the same time, like this is my week. And, you know, like media day is a whole nother. Um, it's a whole nother animal. I mean, like guys get bombarded by it if they don't expect it. You know, from the first minute you you go to the Super Bowl, everything's different. Like you you file into this meeting and for an hour, you're talking about the logistics of the trip. Like just, like it's training camp all over again. You have all these logistical meetings from, hey, the bus ride here, the hotel, this is where your tickets are gonna be. You're gonna have to come to this place to grab them, the whole thing. And um, it just sets a tone that this is gonna be much different and it is. And I think that's the hardest thing for players is going through your normal week, trying to make it as normal as possible. You're practicing, practicing somewhere away from home you don't have your cold tub that you usually go to. You don't have your massage therapist maybe that you usually go to. Um, the film is in a hotel lobby or a ballroom or something. So everything's different. Um, but by the time the game kicks off, it moves really fast. Um, it, it, it's a lot like the rest of the games, but just sped up about 10%. And uh, you are running on fumes. That team was running on fumes. Everybody on the Eagles was sick like mm -hmm. 65 70 percent of that team was sick at least like common cold sick um and you know that mall of america was like a breeding ground like it was yeah. zero degrees outside <laughs> it was the pats on one side it was us on the other side and we were just we were just it was like a it was like a biodome man and uh, i just remember um had a bad cough felt like real low energy and going down to the training room to get an iv and there were like 10 guys in there with the same thing and i'm like oh shit I hope we're going to be all right. And then come to find out New England had a bug too. So it was just a wild week. That's wild. Um, yeah. I guess as we, as we spin forward to to this game, um, you look at the matchup and, and I don't want to like uh, paint it with a broad brush, but it does feel like sort of a thought experiment of like one team is better at like 20 of 22 positions. The other team has Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Who's going to win. 
How do you how do you how do you see this thing breaking down? Well, that's it's so interesting because that's kind of how I look at it. Um, when I looked at Cincinnati or Kansas City, and I said, "Hey, as an Eagles fan, if I was on that team, who would I want to play?" And a lot of people thought you'd probably rather play Kansas City, but I disagree. Yeah, I do because you get ready to play Cincy. Who are you afraid of up front? Like. You know, I respect the hell out of um, those two inside guys, Hill and Reader. I respect the ends, even the third rusher, o Osai, who had a nice run, but short of that penalty. But sure. um, there's nobody that changes the game like Chris Jones. And Dunlap's been playing well. He created a turnover last week. You know, Frank Clark is always productive in the playoffs. Um, they have a number of guys up front that you have to contend with, but the one guy, and you see it when they played in that AFC championship game is, um you know is chris jones like where is he going to line up the biggest snap of the game he's over the tackle obviously mm -hmm. that's not going to happen with lane but can you move him around to find the matchup you want to find and then for spags it's hey i don't think jalen's seen a defense like this um where you have that that guy you got to worry about and then they play with your eyes so much spags is going to really like that's the game within the game like jalen's eyes have to be really good and i'm interested to see what spags chefs up because from the first Bengals game to the second one I thought they did a great job I mean Mahomes and his injury is one story uh but I thought the defense was the difference in that game and the game plan they came out with then you got to deal with Kelsey you know like that's another thing I mean the middle of the field like okay Avante Maddox is back that's a big deal right you're gonna have to double him you need help over the top would you rather see him or those two good receivers from Cincy you've got the great corners Right. So, uh, and then we get to Patrick Mahomes, who is quite literally, uh, I mean, Tom Brady just retired this morning. Now, it, now you know, I'm yeah. chasing Brady. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that weird? Like, I woke up and I was like, oh, Brady retired. <laughs> it was like unceremonious. But uh, now it's Mahomes chasing Brady. You know, like now the, the, the chase begins. And uh, the guy's been to, you know, however many AFC championships, five years as a starter, won a Super Bowl, been in two. Um, you know, he's just transcendent and extending plays. I thought that would be an issue Sunday. The first play they rolled him out, you know, the fourth and one, he aggravated it, but it's an extended play in the red zone and two more weeks. I think he's going to be pretty healthy. So it's going to be a, a hell of a test. So, so my question here comes with a, a preamble of, of, of a, a take here. I want to get off my chest about you, which, uh, I, I hope this doesn't come off like a backhanded compliment. Oh, they but all in, are. <laughs> in your two years in Philly, I, I thought so much was made out of like the the person and the teammate you were, yeah. and rightfully so. But yeah. not to say you were like an overrated human, but I thought you were an underrated yeah, player. Thank you. Hey, no, that's right. great. Okay, I, yeah, it's not a backhanded compliment. That's okay. a compliment that I need. Okay, I am yeah, an overrated like... human man, and <laughs> and I do think sometimes like uh, what I did playing football sometimes can get lost in the shuffle. But well, yeah, yeah, I was exactly. lucky to be there exactly that's my point is is that like i thought not enough attention went to you as a player like you were a really valuable pass rusher for that team uh for both those teams but I, so that that preamble is a way of discussing these eagles pass rushers in particular yeah. the, the guys you played with you have unique insight on josh sweat early in his career obviously brandon graham fletcher yeah. um what what distinguishes the Eagles pass rushers, and in particular, those you were teammates with? Well, there's nowhere to hide for an offense, man. Like, 
that's the thing about it. Another thing, if they'd have played Cincy, like how do you how does Cincy block all mm-hmm. those guys? You know, um, I talked about Josh Sweat when he got in the league, man. Um, I used to say this guy is one of the most talented kids I've seen, you know, and had it not been for his knee injury, he'd probably be a top five pick and he'd be one that you'd be happy with. Um, he has shown that and more in his time over the last couple of years, uh, pairing him on the edge and just having the luxury of saying, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll rush BG outside. Sometimes we'll kick him inside. You know, uh, we've got Hassan Reddick in free agency who's been, you know, definitely uh, should be in the conversation for DPOY um, with his numbers and his pr- production. You can't argue against that. Um, I love the way he plays. He's such a high motor dude. Like, you know, I, I know he's super talented, um, but he just, his, his, the speed with which he plays and the tenacity and the intensity and the hustle, um, it's a real tone setting piece that they added to that D line. And it's a D line that already had Fletcher Cox. It already had Brandon Graham off of uh, an Achilles. Unbelievable. Uh, 10 plus sacks. I mean, you know, it's just incredible at his age. And I don't think he'd ever had d- double digits before. Never. So this was like yeah. just amazing. Um, I think he should have been comeback player of the year. But. He should have been. And, and you know, uh, Hargrave, I mean, like, um, there's a bunch of guys I'm, I'm forgetting, too. I mean, you, you had Sue and Linval Joseph to, to spell the run game in the middle of the season. They're a luxury. Jordan Davis. There's just nowhere to hide, man. And our 17-D line, we were really deep, right? Um, and we were really good, but this is a better group. Um, now we had prime Fletcher. Fletch is a little different now, sure. Um, but he's embraced his role um, as kind of the veteran and and that sort of thing. And but they just have, I mean, look at the numbers; they're just so dominant. And another thing they have that we didn't have is they got these these corners that just, yeah. I mean, they take people away and they they slow the clock down for for pass rush and. When you have a group like this and you have those two corners outside, it's just scary for for opposing offenses. I guess on Sweat specifically, sort of the inside baseball of it, you know, he has said, you know, Josh or Zach wrote about this, that he came into the league, he had no idea what he was doing. He didn't know how to rush the passer. He was all tools. Um, As you watch him, like what are the specific ways in which he's gotten better? And is that a reflection of coaching or is that is that just him sort of learning from from other veterans? Well, I think. You know, when you get in the league, I can remember getting in the league my first year and not having a go-to move on the edge. Like, Leonard Little taught me a two-hand swipe. And over the course of my career, I got a lot of mileage out of that. It made me money. But when I was a rookie, um, I didn't have any mechanism to get the edge. Now, I didn't have the the talent that Josh Sweat has. Like, that burst, his ability to run on the side of his foot at the top of the rush when I played with Robert Quinn and I saw him have 19 sacks and all that stuff in a single season. Um, and you want to talk about dominant, like this was a dominant 19 sacks. It was like every ounce of attention was paid to Robert Quinn and they still couldn't block him. Um, Josh sweat has that ability like on a, in, on a minor league level. And I don't mean that as a slight because 2011 Robert sure. Quinn, if he never got yeah. hurt, I mean, it's like, um, and still, he had like 22 years ago. But Josh Sweat has that same ability to run on the side of his foot. You know, at the top of the rush, he's almost sideways. He's so long um, to pair with that. 
his first step so powerful and gained so much ground. Um, and I think it's just, a, you know, it's a matter of finding that mechanism. Like what, what is the handwork um, that would be beneficial to you to complete this equation? All right, all we're missing is, okay, we've got the feet tied in, right? He does that naturally. But as a rusher, you gotta then tie the hands in with the feet. And I think over a couple years, him learning what works and what doesn't work for him and watching the guys around him because he's played with a lot of different kind of rushers. I can remember BG being like, man, I love watching your hands, man. Like, you know, you, you, they're, they're so exact. Like, cause I was like a technique guy and you know, he learned something from me and I'm looking inside I'm learning something from BG. I'm learning something from Vinnie Curry. He's a different kind of rusher than me. He's a different kind of rusher than, than BG. I'm learning something from Derek Barnett, learn something from young guys too. Um, I think Josh has had an opportunity to learn from now Hassan Reddick, him, BG, um, all those guys. And you take a little something from everybody, and the culmination of it is he's a scary rusher, man. You know, last week when he played Trent, I was like, I really want to see that matchup. And obviously the game wasn't that competitive, so you didn't see a lot of money downs. Um, but I wanted to see him rush Trent because I think he's he's the type of guy that can give a guy like Trent problems. Um, so I think they got to contend with him next week for sure. He could play one of the biggest roles in that game. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah last one from uh, from me before Bo fires off. One is is uh, I'm I'm curious for for you personally. You know, you're you're beloved in Philadelphia, obviously, yeah. and it's where you ended your career. Have Have you thought it was it just kind of the perfect time of of where you were in life and the city, or ha have you thought about what it would have been like if you were there five years earlier when you were really humming in your career? No, I would have loved it, man. I, you know, I do have. I think part part of walking away from the game even if it ends like great on the surface you have regrets you have things that eat at you and one of the things that eat at me is that I wasn't there longer hmm. you know um they, they showed me so much um so much love the fans didn't I just think you know what I loved about the city was they're going to tell you the truth and they're, they're going to absolutely flame you if you don't give great effort um or if you can't get your job done but if you get your job done and you provide value and you and you do the right things and you support your teammates and you bust your ass like good things come back to you and you know like for me at that chapter in my career it was a learning experience for me i was no longer like the guy so i'm kind of joining a group and um i'm now the veteran i'm the the third rusher you know, it was no uh, locker stall. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no locker, <laughs> but, but it was, it didn't, none of that mattered. The fans made it easier, man. Cause they, they appreciated you, you know, like, um, even if you felt sometimes like you weren't appreciated, um, maybe even in the building sometimes, not by teammates or anything, but just being an older guy and that sort of thing. Um, the fans, they know ball and they just, they, 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 whatever you give to them, they give it back. And so I just loved Philly. Obviously, I never was a part of a team that 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 tank, you know, not tanked, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that well. sucked, you know, so I never got to see the other side of it. But I wish I could have played longer there, man. And sometimes I wish I would have played longer on the back end. Like, you know, mm. um, there was it was a, it was the right time for me because of some factors. But, you know, I I could still play when I walked away and it was hard watching games sometimes. I mean. Um, sometimes it's still hard. I was watching, I was in the, the, the link the other day. There, I'm like, yeah, how yeah. weird is this? You know, it feels like yesterday. It really does. Um, 
but I'm so thankful for those two years. Those two years, like it was like a Tetris piece I needed in my career. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I lost for eight years, played well, but just nobody saw. And then, yeah. you know, you go to New England and um, you're part of a big machine and you're playing a role, like a real role. And um, and going to New, uh, going to Philly was what allowed me to end my career on my terms and prove to myself like, Hey, I can still be really productive and be factored in, in a game plan and, in pa- you know, rushing the passers. You got to worry about Fletch. You got to worry about BG, Derek Barnett, all these guys, but you got to worry about that old third rusher too. Yeah. And I got to do what I loved. I got to, you know, come off the edge and, and, and play with a, a group of guys that reminded me of from a skill level, our group in St. Louis, I love so much. I mean, um, you know, back when it was Aaron Donald, Kendall Langford, Robert Quinn, myself, and and all those guys, and William Hayes, and we were deep, and we had fun, and we did everything together. So I just loved ending my career in a group like that. Well, not to not to gas you up, but but I think it says a lot that uh, you know, overrated as a person as you may have been, uh, the, <laughs> the love there is reciprocated, right? Like yeah. Philly still gives it back to you. You're still very much thought of as an eagle, and you, you know how he's calling you to ask about Robert Quinn. Well, you know what? And I feel a lot of times at the same time, like undeserving because there's so much love, like people, and that's right place at the right time, right? There's so many guys that, that were better players than me that played in Philly, but being on a Super Bowl team, and uh, I think, you know, like those fans identifying with what I was about, just the right place at the right time. Like I got to ring the bell at the Sixers game the other day. Like, come on, I don't deserve that, you know? Like, but, um, it's pretty damn cool, you know, to go to tailgate on Sunday and, uh, you know, the love that people give you. And you look at this team now, and I wish they could see what what this is like, because this is what you're playing for. You know, you're playing for the Super Bowl, but you're immortal in that city if you win this game. And there's no better place to be immortal than Philly. I really do believe that. There's not a city I would rather win a championship in, um, if, save for like St. Louis, because I played there eight years. That would have been cool. but um yeah philly it's just it gets in your blood man well you said i think you talked about it on your recent podcast the the comparison between this team and that team that maybe this team is a little bit more talented yeah but there will only there will always only ever be one team that won it first um and that's that's the saving grace i mean you know somebody asked me early like the other day like they were busting my balls they're like you're gonna root against them now because you don't want to be the i'm like man I want those people to be happy, you know, like yeah. that's all I care about. Like, you know, I root for the team, but I don't live and die with the team. I live and die with, with, with how the, the fans feel, you know, like I was at that tailgate Sunday and I'm like, this is amazing. Who wouldn't want, I want to come back to a million of these at FC championships. And, um, and I just think like, you know, Lane, BG, Fletch, all those guys, like to win one is hard, right? But to come back five years later and be a, and still be on on that ride, and to be a big part of it, like for those guys, this would be a tremendous a- accomplishment. You know, to win it, to go through the transition period, to go through the BS, and get right back there. I mean, it takes so much strength. So, you know, hats off to Howie, and uh, you know, to Nick Sirianni, and to that mm-hmm. whole veteran core that now, like when me and LG got there. And, you know, some of these vets that had won a Super Bowl, people looked at us like, what do you know? What do you know? Like, uh, got bad news for you. We don't know that very much. But, um, you know, like uh, these guys really know something. 
they've been through it five years ago. And a lot of these young guys on the team who weren't there, they got all those resources in the locker room telling about this, this week coming up, what, what it's going to feel like, um, and, and what it might feel like to, to be immortal in that city, because that's what you're playing for. I have one last one for you, Chris. And uh, for those of you who are watching live, Chris is going on the uh, Eagles subreddit in a few minutes. Yeah, so you can pop I on am, over I to that. Um, the, the, those veteran leaders, you know, Jason Kelsey has talked about and Jalen Hurts has talked about. Kelsey, like, had a conversation with Hurts about you have to make this your team. You have to take on that, that leadership mantle. And we've talked about Jalen's sort of force of personality, the, the steady nature of it. As, as someone who has been in these locker rooms, how much, how much does that matter? Matters a lot. You know, like I've won, listen, I, I think we would have won the Super Bowl whether Carson got hurt or not. Um, Nick had something special about him, you know, in the huddle. Um, Carson was more of a hands-off guy. You know, it's been well-documented. But yeah. um, the prerequisite is you play well, right? You got to play well to be respected. And it's icing on the cake um, if you're a quarterback and you can relate to everybody in the room. Um you, you, people look to you for strength when things are going wrong people look at Jalen Hurts he's not flinching you know um the focus he plays with at the podium after the game you know we didn't do anything today we we didn't we didn't accomplish anything today we did what we were supposed to do like that kind of vibe that he's exuded all season long I think has kept them grounded because if something interesting about this team they're borderline they, they play with such confidence, and they should because that's how they're built. It's much different than our team. Our team was like, I'll fight you anywhere, you know, like because we got none to lose. How embarrassing right. would that be if we knocked you out? <laughs> it's like house this, money. Yeah. yeah, this team, which is scary in its own way. Now, this team is scary in another way where they're like, we know we're bad. Like, we are a bunch of badasses. We're the best team in the league. We got the best roster in the league. We've beaten everybody that's in front of us, and we've beaten them handily. And that's a different kind of, of attitude. And I think like they play on the line between confident and cocky and they straddle that line beautifully. You need an anchor, somebody that kind of keeps you humble. And I think Jalen has kept them humble and focused. Um, he could be a hundred different ways with the success he's had. And he's been him, you know, coach's son yep. uh, through and through leader guy who's been through a lot and uh including the the situation he was thrust into even being here mm. um so i just think he's awesome i can't say enough about his leadership and he backs it up on the field well said well chris thank you so much for taking the time uh obviously anybody who's listening can uh can check out the Greenlight podcast wherever you listen to podcasts check him out on the uh, the subreddit coming up and uh we look forward to the donna kelsey interview yeah it's gonna be great <laughs> it's good to see y'all it's good, it's good to see, to see you, too. you. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate right, it. Man. Yeah, take it easy. And maybe one day, you know, you can take us up on the podcast offer. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I could use some help. Somebody, you know, the struggles. Right. There's a lot of them. That's All right. right. Man. We'll take a little right, break and be back with more uh, Birds with Friends on the other side. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What an ad read. <laughs> 
Good job, Zach. Welcome back. You did good. Got a job to do. Yeah, we got bills to pay here. That's right. Uh, Thanks again to Chris Long. That was great. Awesome. It was great. Uh, Good stuff. Well, now we can turn our attention to uh, what's going on with the Eagles. Wait, real Um, quick. Do you think Chris remembered when you uh, did the podcast offer? No, definitely not. (laughs) He did a good job selling it. He did a good job selling it. I'm indebted to Chris Long from well before his time with the Eagles when I was Mm. was in my- I thought we were going to get a Charlottesville uh, story out of you. Yeah, but you know we were tight on time, and I didn't want to make it like about you know I I wanted to make sure we capitalized him. We didn't need my talking mm-hmm. there. Uh, but when I was uh, on the Virginia beat, and he was in his second year with the Rams, first off, I I gotta say this: Chris Long in Charlottesville, when I was covering the team, it's like Brian Dawkins in Philly, right? Like anything that has to do with Chris Long is golden. I mean, he was he he was that popular, and so. Uh, my second year on the beat there, Virginia fires Al Groh. And like Chris Long's voice on who the next coach should be is mm. that's a huge get. And Chris Long was nice enough to call me on his way back from the Rams facility. He didn't know me from a hole in the wall. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and gave me like 30 minutes, just like he did today, wow. on on Al Groh and like, and and then on who he thought, you know, the next coach could be and what Virginia needed at that time. And that was huge for me at that time on the beat. So I'm indebted. I've, I've been indebted to Chris uh, since then. And uh, have you told indebted- him that story? Did you tell him that story in the locker room? I told I I told him in the locker room, but like you know, it's the kind of thing where when he was in the Eagles locker room, there were always people who were yeah wanted to talk to him. But yeah, I I I have I have said it to him. I have to I have told him. But if if he goes back and listens here. It like it meant so much to me at that like at that point of where I, I was on the beat then that uh yeah I, I always appreciated that and it's it's also That's something nice. that I think about too like when you know uh, when there's someone trying to get a hold of you, for, you know, I mean on a much different scale like trying to do some kind of interview yeah the, someone from Newhouse can get Zach Berman on the line that means the <laughs> yeah. same thing you're the same you're I don't, as big of a deal as no, but if, is in Charlottesville if you can give someone a little bit of your time like it, it can go a long way so very well said so now you're so now you're walking back your take that he's an overrated person <laughs> I, I hope that didn't come I, I just meant he was an underrated player yeah, like I, all the stories were about man of the year look he was he, he did a lot of great things I just thought there probably wasn't an, enough coverage about how valuable he was as a player to that team. And you heard him say, like, the third pass rusher there, uh, that was a huge role in that defense. And everything was about, like, you know, it was an, it was a critical time in our country, and, and there was a lot going on in Charlottesville, um, that his voice was important for stuff that had nothing to do with football and was far more important than football. But I'm saying as a football player, there, prob- there probably was not enough attention to how good he was for the Eagles as a football player. Mm. That's fair. Marissa, a lot of compliments for the uh, vacation fit that you got. Uh, you're rocking with the headband. <laughs> it's my like easy hairdo, but yeah, no, I was that Chris was awesome. Like that was that was so great. Such a good. Uh, the, one of the comments in the chat was, "What a way to kick off Super Bowl week." So yes, uh, lots, super lots of bowel. yeah, super bowel. Week and a half, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, for us, it's like just one extended week, right? You know. That's right. So yeah, it was awesome. Um, okay, Zach, let's, let's pivot to something more serious. Um, the, and I won't even, I won't even, uh, make you do this as the stone cold newsman. Uh, the, the Josh Sills situation, um, yes. that is obviously still developing. What, uh, what can you tell us about the, the specific details here? 
So I want to make sure I, I have it correct here. Um, Eagles offensive guard Josh Sills has been indicted on rape and kidnapping charge. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, rape and kidnapping charges um, in Ohio. Uh, the Ohio Attorney General and the sheriff in, in the county where the charges are, are coming from announced today, Wednesday. Uh, so this is developing news. But Sills was indicted on one count of rape and one count of kidnapping stemming from a December 2019 incident. Uh, so this, so we're talking 2019 here. According to the uh, indictments, uh, well, uh, we don't need to get into the particulars on here. You can read about it uh, on The Athletic. Uh, but this is major, it, this is um, serious news. And... Uh, Josh Sills, still a member of the Eagles as of now. Uh, we will get more information as it comes. But this this came out just before the podcast started, about an hour and a half before mm-hmm. the podcast started. And, uh, yeah, we will have further updates on The Athletic uh, as they come along. Yeah, and I think we should just say that, you know, there's a, there's a distinction between, like, accusations and being uh, indicted on – like being charged right mm-hmm. so and this is obviously a very uh serious thing and you know we'll we'll see what the eagles do um you know i would i would i would not be surprised if uh, he's not long for the roster um but so yeah the incident was immediately reported uh the release uh said and the sheriff's office conducted an investigation and um sills was issued a summons to appear in court uh, on February 16th. So the Super Bowl, of course, is on February 12th. So a few days after the Super Bowl. Um, But yeah, we will have more information as it comes. Okay. Uh, Other than that, Zach, and and we will um, be following that to see what happens as uh, it develops. Uh, what uh, What is going on in Eagles world this week? So the Eagles will be back at practice tomorrow. They'll have a they'll have what's essentially a normal work week this week. Uh, I don't want to say as if they're playing a game Sunday, but they're going to try to put in as much of their game planning and like their their practice installation this week. Uh, so they're going to have a walkthrough tomorrow. They're going to have practice on 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 Friday and then practice on Saturday. Uh, and then they leave for Phoenix on Sunday. And then obviously, and you heard Chris Long talk about it, they practice out in Arizona. They'll be practicing at at, at the Arizona Cardinals practice facility. Uh, the Chiefs will be at Arizona State's practice facility. And then, Shield and everybody, including Shield, made the same joke. Yeah. I mean, that you would like, you would prefer to be covering the Chiefs this week. Well, no, because I'm not actually going to their practices, but I've been to the Arizona Cardinals practice facility, and I've been to Arizona State's campus. Um, Arizona State's campus is an awesome campus. I, I don't think anyone has ever gone to Arizona State's campus and like not been impressed. And um, and the Arizona Cardinals practice facility doesn't you know, doesn't blow you away here, right? So uh, I've never been to the Arizona State football practice facility. I have been to their stadium. If you remember when the Eagles played the Cardinals, I, I went to the Arizona State game that against Washington. We remember. Uh, everyone um, wants to know, Zach, have you been to the student union? At Arizona State? I have not been to the student union. Mm. Um, but I've, I've been on, what's it, Mill Avenue or Mill Street? Uh, and, 
yeah, it's it's there's good restaurants. It's a, it's a, it's a good scene, beautiful weather. So a lot to like about Arizona State. Um, as I was saying, uh, so the Eagles will be practicing at the Arizona Cardinals facility. But like Chris Long mentioned, there's so many obligations next week, right? From uh, from a selfish perspective, from for for those covering the team, it's the best access you have to the team all year. Uh, you know, that you talk to them for an hour every day and they're just sitting there. There's, there's, there's nowhere they can go. It's not like there's a room in the locker room that they can hide in. Um, so, but from a player's perspective, it's, there's, it's probably a nuisance. Um, like the amount of obligations they have that have nothing to do with practicing football. Um, but I appreciate it. But anyway, so I, I say that as a way, uh, what coaches try to do and Sirianni suggested it is you try to do as much as you can this week so you're not relying on next week's practices to install the game plan and i remember doug peterson kept a few things for that week just to keep it a little fresh but it's a different situation um so that's what they're doing this week uh we will have we'll be there the next few days we'll have more information uh from the locker room we'll be at practice on thursday and friday and uh that's that's the story from novacare all right uh, and then we will have, I think we'll have one more pod this week, probably Friday, and then uh, daily pods next week, Monday to Friday. Uh, we're figuring out the logistics there, hopefully from Radio Row. Um, unfortunately, Marissa is not going to be with us. Which I'll be there in spirit. Uh, I, we could we could do an hour long uh, yes, podcast yeah. complaining about. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a little, be off the uh, yeah. a little bit nuts. <laughs> Yeah. but I'll be uh, there neither here nor there and you guys will i know we'll have every <laughs> inch of everything covered so i expect nothing we thought about we thought about going on strike <laughs> and just doing no podcast no next week and i said we cannot um, do that to the listeners they've come too far with us they need daily pods so I, hashtag hashtag said marissa <laughs> hashtag said marissa i'm, I'm all for that um but i i do want to say and i'm I apologize if I haven't responded to your emails or your messages yet. I will have a backlog of those that I will get to hopefully tonight. Uh, but I, I, I'm hearing from people who will be out in Arizona. And if there's. We should do a meetup. Yeah, if there's interest in a, either a. I don't know if we can do a remote pod or a meetup of some variety, but uh, happy to engage with our audience. We appreciate how devoted and passionate you are. And I know there's going to be a big migration out to Arizona next week. So. Uh, yeah, get in touch and, and 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 we'll figure out the logistics from there. But we hope they don't migrate us. <laughs> That's true. In the Picnest Migrate game. That's true. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, let's let's try to do a meetup. Jane uh, is gonna be out there too. Out. So is Feldman. Yeah. I mean that's the big uh you know, the big hook for, yeah, for the sickos. Getting getting eyes on on old Feldy. <laughs> um all right. Let's get to uh let's get to Getting a bird in edgewise, open up the quail bag here, Zach. Um, we start with Steve, who asks uh, an, an important question. Super Bowl 52 had unexpected heroes. Corey Clement had 100 yards receiving and scored a touchdown. Nelson Aguilar caught nine balls. Trey Burton threw a touchdown pass. Derek Barnett recovered the game-winning fumble. Who? might be an unexpected hero for the Eagles. And he offers uh, Kenny Gainwell, Quez Watkins, Robert Quinn as some possibilities. Who who jumps to your mind as a an under-the-radar guy who could pop in this game? I'm going to go Robert Quinn. 
I mean, Gainwell's the obvious answer here because because Gainwell's been emerging, and uh, Gainwell has there's there's a little Corey Clement esque uh, nature to him here, especially when you see the way he's played in the postseason, and he's going to be involved. I don't know if Gainwell though would be like the surprise one. He had a hundred yards in the playoff game two weeks ago. He scored it, you know. Um, he's, he's been, he's been, he's been involved. Um, Quinn has not done much since he was traded here and, uh, and you, it's his first time playing in the Super Bowl. I, I think that, look, this, this has not worked out. Uh, I see Squidward Tentacle says, watch it be Jack Stoll. Jack Stoll does have the trust. Be pretty Jalen big Hurts. for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, Robert Quinn, if you're talking about someone under the radar, uh, he, he's, he has not had the pass rush production, but he's a prolific pass rusher in his career. I mean, Chris mentioned it there. Uh, like this, he's he's had seasons that stack up against almost any pass rusher in the NFL in in, in history, right? Um, so curious to see if he can get like a productive rush or two. I say Robert Quinn because that position, it's the type of thing where if you get one play, if you get one big rush. One big sack, one big strip sack, it's remembered. You know, the the uh, the game in 2017, it, well, actually 2018, but the 2017 Eagles, like the pass rush really didn't get much pressure on Brady until, right. uh, as she'll call it, Brandon Graham had the strip sack in the fourth quarter. Uh, and that's what's remembered. Like, if it, it's funny. I, I can't speak for Eagles fans here. Leave it in the comments if you disagree. But... You know that's that sack makes it seem like they were getting the Brady all day, and it actually wasn't as as much the case. But one big Through play, five hundred yards, yeah, yeah, one big play can change the course of history. So, of of those mentioned, uh, why not Robert Quinn? Yeah. Well, I, if you're going to go for a pass rusher who's really under the radar, I think a more likely answer, a guy who has been playing better as the season has gone on, is Milton Williams. Um, I could see I could see Milton Williams pop, and now the the Chiefs' interior offensive line is probably a little bit better than their uh, their their tackles. Um, we can talk about the matchups a little bit more moving forward, but I could see I could see old Milty popping uh, popping a big play, uh, knocking the ball loose. I think that's I think that's reasonable um, because the thing about elite quarterback Zach is that if you can get interior pressure, that's really when you got a chance to get him <laughs> off the spot, you know. Yeah. Now but Tom Brady retires for the second time. Now Mahomes is is a little different. Um, yes, I, I think yes. Uh, because he's he's so good, like on the run and off schedule. It's not the type of thing that where like if 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 you muddy the the step up zone in front of him, if you will, mm. that because he's. He's so good at you know throwing from different launch points, and and we've seen it in his career, escaping pressure. So it's a little different there, but of course, interior pressure, no quarterback wants that. It's the quickest way to disrupt the play. I think if you're talking about, I mean, it's it's hard to say under the radar in the secondary, a guy who could you know get a pick six or something because you've got Slay and Bradbury and Avante Maddox. I would imagine you're gonna you're gonna see C.J. Garner Johnson and Marcus Epps. I mean, Marcus Epps could be a guy, but um Did that's you know a possibility jam in california yeah. that's right um tj edwards i'm not so sure um like a big play i think if you're talking about the trick play you're looking for a philly special type thing i still think it's a i still think it's a a pass to cam jurgens out of 
maybe the sneak formation. Um, I could see that. Hmm. Um, the other oh. pass catchers, it's tough. How about Pascal? Could you see a yeah, Zach Pascal? Yeah. yeah, like Pascal fakes fakes a block and then yeah. you know streaks down the sideline. Yeah, that's a possibility. And then the other one I, I saw in the chat that that does make sense to me. You know, he's not an, an under the radar player in terms of like his standing on the team. But what if Brandon Graham does it again? What if Brandon Graham is the Super Bowl hero five years later? Mm-hmm. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a fun one. I'll save I, this clip, Bo, so this this can go down and you know in history. Well, we're gonna have to get our very specific predictions going okay. next next Friday. But okay. <laughs> yeah, I could see. I think that's a good one because okay. you know legs will be fresh. He said. Now he said this week that he it does not plan on retiring. He's gonna be continuing to play for uh, one or two more years. He just doesn't know if it'll be in Philadelphia. So, well, I I just I find it hard to believe they'll they'll let him go. But that's a question for another day. It's a business. Um, yeah, the one other name, and and you mentioned it when you were saying we all know about the corners they have, but Avante Maddox hasn't really had those types of plays this yeah, season. That's a good one. And, you know, he's he's missed a lot of time. He only played, I think, nine games before returning for the championship. Is that right? Um, but uh, he's someone who, who has been in position for big plays before. So maybe – and because he's all over the field, I can see Avante Maddox making a big play. Similarly, uh, along these lines from Jack, if the Eagles win, which player other than Jalen Hurts could you see winning Super Bowl MVP? Uh, he says Gainwell is his sleeper. Now, there was one thing. I, I looked at the odds here on BetMGM, and I was surprised by this. So it go, Hurts is obviously the favorite for the Eagles um, and is actually the favorite overall, even over Patrick Mahomes, which I guess which makes, sort of sense. makes sense. The Eagles are favorite to win. Yeah, yeah but I also, I, if the Chiefs win, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, whereas I think I, you see more possibilities with the Eagles. Um, so it goes Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and then there's a tie uh, at plus 3,000 with Miles Sanders and Hassan Reddick. And yeah, to, Hassan me, Reddick. to me, Hassan Reddick is like maybe – like I'm, I might make a case that he's the second most likely, even over the receivers. Uh, like those receivers could blow up, but if – like Hassan Reddick plays like I mean Hassan Reddick would have been the MVP of the NFC Championship game if that was a thing, right? Like yes, he, he has a chance to make this game his. I agree with you. Now it's atypical for defensive players to win Super Bowl MVP. Um, here I'm looking at it here. You got ooh T.J. Edwards plus ten thousand. <laughs> so the uh, the last he, so Von Miller won has the same odds as Gardner Minshew. Uh, so, 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 so Von Miller won in Super Bowl 50. That was the last defensive player to win. Malcolm Smith won in, you know, two years before that. I covered that game, actually. Um, Brandon then, Graham has far better odds than Josh Sweat somehow. And then you have to go all the way back, be, you know, before then, Dexter Jackson in, you know, 2003. Ray Lewis won it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's atypical for defensive players to win it. But I think because of the the way Hassan Reddick plays, and not just the fact that he gets that he gets critical sacks, but he gets strip sacks, right? I mean, we we saw that the other day. He led the NFL this year with, or tied for the lead with five strip sacks. Uh, that I I can certainly see Hassan Reddick. I mean, given those odds, I I'm not suggesting, I'm not giving betting advice here, but uh, I think if he feels undervalued just by the by the price, for sure, yeah. for sure. 
Boston Scott, maybe for the uh, previous conversation, another another possibility. Mm. If we're just naming guys. Just naming role players, yeah. Uh, Squidward, who I know is in the chat as well, asks, uh, how many quarterbacks, Zach, and who are you taking ahead of Jalen Hurts if you're starting a franchise today? So not to win one game, mm. you're starting a franchise. You want to go through it? Uh, here, I'm pulling up the starting quarterbacks in, in the league. Um, well, I'll just, yeah. Yeah. And so we're factoring in the contracts, correct? Yeah. yeah. Age, contracts, all that stuff. Okay. Right, well, let's go through it. AFC East. Josh Allen, you take. Mm-hmm. You don't take Tua. No. You don't take Mac Jones. No. You don't take Mike White. Nope. You take Joe Burrow. Yes. Do you take Lamar Jackson? That's a hard one there. Um, so Lamar, uh, honestly, given the contract structure right now. Well, they're no. both going to get paid this offseason most likely. But Well, yeah, but Lamar. I would rather have Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think people forget when I say people. I, I, I hate doing that, like, like, like generalizing. But Lamar was transcendent, right? It, 100%. So I'd probably, but, but this is the thing. And maybe I'm too close to the sun here, but Jalen's intangibles are just like through the roof. And that I'm not saying Lamar's he aren't. He got vaccinated. I'm not saying Lamar's aren't. I don't know the situation there in Baltimore, but uh, Jalen is just like the intangibles are. Yeah. So why not? I'll go Jalen here. I would take Jalen. Yeah. It might be the wrong. It might. Yeah. I don't feel. I don't feel like. F- Fully convicted, it might yeah. be the wrong choice, but I would take Jalen. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Pickett, no. Although you can make a case. Uh, nobody in Cleveland except for Michael Dunn. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, would you take Trevor Lawrence over Jalen Hurts? Not anymore. I mean, I'm so look. I'm uh, again. There's probably recency bias here, but Jalen, I'm just the whole package is, has impressed me this year. So, no, no, I'm going Jalen right now. I'm closer to taking Trevor Lawrence than I am Lamar Jackson, uh, okay. especially if you've got you got two more years of the rookie deal. Yeah, I think he's I think he's really good. Um, sure, but that's I think a maybe for really good too. Okay, yeah, so do I. Okay. That's a maybe for me. Okay, so call it two and a half for me, two for you. Uh, nobody in Tennessee, nobody in Indianapolis, nobody in Houston. Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Mm-hmm. How about Justin Herbert? Um, look, nobody in Denver, nobody in Las Vegas. Same amount of time in the league. Chargers have had a really good roster. Jalen Hurts has, has Jalen Hurts is playing the Super Bowl here. I guess I'm going Jalen right now. Wow, I I don't know. Good I'm, for you. You know what though? I'm, yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm don't going back though. I don't think that's crazy at all. I'm taking Lamar. I'm taking Lamar. You're taking Lamar. Yeah, I'm taking Lamar. Um, but I'm not taking Herbert right now. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think the you know the uh, football Twitter would 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 be yelling at us that that Justin Herbert needs to go here. Look at Acho here. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm with you. Marissa I heard that one. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah I like I, that. That's good. <laughs> um, the chat is a little more wishy washy on this one. They were all yeah. on Hertz over Lamar. But there's a little more back and forth with Herbert and Hertz. 
They think that yeah, Herbert I mean, if is you're starting, a, if you're starting an offense from scratch and you can actually, you don't have to have yeah. Joe Lombardi, you know, designing the offense. I think you can make a pretty good case for Herbert. Um, I mean, yeah, but like I, at, yeah, at I, some I, point I, you got to stop. Yeah, like I, I agree. I, I think it's very close. Yeah, and I think look, it's very I close. think the world of Herbert, right? And it's that's why I, I, I always struggle with these exercises because. These these decisions are so. I mean, they're nuanced. Circumstances matter, um, and you very. It's very seldom binary. Like you don't get to choose A or B. You just want to get one of these types of guys. And I would put Justin Herbert in one of these types of guys who who you would want. But I also think like there's there's something to be said about being in the winner circle. And Jalen Hurts is in the winner circle quite a bit. And I don't think I, I'm not one of these guys who who says. Winning is a quarterback stat, but I'm also not one of these guys who, who says you you keep blaming or you keep rationalizing X, Y, and Z. Well, he needs better teammates and he needs better coaching, right? Like you you lift you know the you you lift up the coaching, you lift up the players, right? That's that's part of that position. I don't I don't really disagree. Yeah, I think through the AFC, excuse me, there are three yeses and three maybes. Basically, and the NFC is going to be going to be much lighter. Dak Prescott, I would rather have Jalen Hurts. Some people would disagree. I would rather have Jalen Hurts. Nobody on New York, nobody on Washington, not Kirk Cousins, not Jared Goff, not Aaron Rodgers. If you're starting a franchise, yes. Okay. How do you feel about Justin Fields? You're you're higher on Fields than I am. Uh, yeah, but what Hurts did this shit again? Like we're having this conversation on February first when. Jalen Hurts is starting in the Super Bowl in a week and a half. And I saw if we had this conversation before the year, my answer might be different. But I'm I'm on this kick here. I've where yeah, there's recency bias. Sure, and and, and like it's it's part of, you know, I, I, I was on a podcast yesterday where I was saying Flex. like one of uh, it's I I was getting on a soapbox a bit like there's this this rush to either you're on this side of something or you're on that side of something and you need to commit like early in a player's career, you're either for him or against him. And it's not like that. Like you, a, you can change your mind and be a player can improve. Jalen is a much better quarterback now than he was week one last year. And, um, having this conversation now with the way Jalen's Still 24 played, years old. Exactly. And he gets better every year. And the intent, it, like the intangibles are off the charts. And I've seen, I've seen firsthand the value of that. So, uh, Brady, no. Oh, he's not in the league anymore. Yeah. Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta, no. How do you feel about Brock Purdy? <laughs> uh, no. no. Geno Smith, Matthew Stafford, no. Kyler Murray. I, uh, it's hard to go with Kyler right now, right? So, no. So, for you, it's. Well, we it's... didn't do the AFC West yet. Yeah, we did. We did Mahomes. We did Herbert. Oh, yeah. And then we said yeah, no, no car and no Russell Wilson, obviously. Oh. Okay. So for you, I think Russell, by the way, is going to be awesome next year. He's going to be awesome next year. Um, okay. I'll take the other side. Marissa, of that, you but... can record that now. You can clip okay. that. Like, time stamped. He's going to be awesome. He, he's he's going to be awesome next year. Russell Wilson didn't oh. fall off a cliff, he didn't forget how to play football. Uh, and I think Sean Payton is. For our audio listeners, Bo's face is <laughs> yeah. so perplexed at the moment. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like this sort of invalidates every uh, quarterback take you just had over the past eight minutes. But okay, I mean, he's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think that there's going to, I think Sean Payton's going to, going to get the most out of him, and I don't think Russell Wilson fell off a cliff. I think he had a bad year, and there was a confluence of things, and he's the blame for it as much as anyone else, but I I don't think he forgot how to play football. This is just you walking it back because you wanted to trade Jalen Hurts for him a year ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean now you think now you think Jalen Hurts is the fourth best quarterback in football. Well we're not saying that we're saying would you rather have X or Y? Yeah, no, yeah. no. Um now you have him you have him fifth. I I think I have him fifth too and I think okay. I would pull the trigger on Lawrence. Okay. And I'm going a, Lamar. That's a shot. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, Zach, making sure, making sure that his Russell Wilson love never dies, that that gets brought up, uh, for eternity. That's a, that's a choice that you just actively made. Now you're on the hook, uh, all of next season. Yeah. Um, um, look, I think that's a depressed asset right now. And, uh, yeah, that's for sure. And it's a good, it's, you know, look, buy low and sell high. Buy that one low. Mm, big munger talk out of you. <laughs> Uh, besides Mahomes, Kelsey, and Chris Jones, how many Chiefs would start for the Eagles? Uh, let me pull this up here. I I think this this Chiefs roster is getting getting um, beeped on here. Getting uh, can I say shit on? I mean, uh, you always do that. You can't like you say it. If you I say, well, ask if you can say it. Well, I was say it. I was gonna say getting crapped on is 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 not like a, a term that I would use. But um, you could have found a different way to use your use your. Command of the English okay. language. Okay. Uh, so. I think the answer is uh, you can make a case for Trey Smith over Isaac Sayamalu. You can make a case for Joe Thune over uh, Landon Dickerson. Could you make a case and for Orlando Brown over Jordan Mylata? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, you can make a case. Yeah. Um, and he's going to get paid. I would rather have Jordan Mylata. Okay. Um, and then you can make a case for your choice of Justin Reed or Juan Thornhill over Marcus Epps. Okay. Um, and you can make a case for you can make a case for Nick Bolton over. Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably would take him over Kaiser White if you could play him next to T.J. Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Juju hasn't really been in the slot there as much, right? They've been using. Uh, uh, um, they've been using. Valdez sure, Gamble you'd rather there. have him than Quez, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's. And then I would say, I mean, Frank Clark. Frank Clark's a good player. I don't know if I would take him. He's not a better player than Josh Sweat right now. Yeah, fair. Fair. Um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true, though. I think think, think, uh, the Chiefs roster is being underrated Mm -hmm. because the Eagles roster is so good. Yeah, the Eagles roster is, is better. But Patrick Mahomes is that good. Zach, do you think Birds with Friends deserves more credit for this dramatic rebuild? Asks Meek Grill. One could say that our article uh, documenting the downfall under Jeffrey Lurie and Harry Roseman from April 2021 was the driving force behind getting this team where it is today. No, I, I don't think we deserve credit for that. And I think that, uh, I think they've, they, yeah, I, 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 I don't think our article is the driving force either. But I do th- you know I think our article was a reflection of the time, you know you know coverage is a reflection of the moment, 
And I think our coverage at that time was a reflection of the moment. I think our coverage now is also a, a reflection of, of, of the moment. And just as, just as, as we said, quarterbacks can get better, organizations can get better. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, I think what was brought up in that article, what was raised in that article was, was absolutely relevant at that moment. And, and I give them credit because they have, they've improved their decisions from what I understand, they've improved their processes in, 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 in some cases. And, uh, I don't, I, I think it'd be pompous for us to say that article is a driving force, but I, I think that they're, they're better now than they were then as an organization. Yeah. And I would also say, I would also add that, you know, we were talking to people inside the organization. It was, a, it was a reflection of how certain people in the organization, in the, in the organization felt at the time. So yeah. it's not like it was just, uh, nothing but arrows being slung. Sure. Uh, speaking of the turnaround, last question from Otis. Uh, per turkeys on the roles, the following three things have played in Howie's rebuilding of the roster since 2020. Free agency, trades, and the draft. Now, I, I, I'm assuming we're, we're taking this only from 2000 on. So we're not factoring in like how Lane Johnson and... Yeah you know, Brandon Graham got there from the draft. So yeah. just the transactions made since 2000, 2020, 2020. rather. Um, free agency. How would you allocate your turkeys? Uh, free agency. Well, so AJ Brown's a trade. Um, so that 2021 off season, free agency wise, they didn't do much, right? No. Trade-wise, they got rid of Carson Wentz, mm -hmm. so that was a major factor. Okay. Oh, okay. So, all right. So, it's it's can also be trading of picks. I like that. Yeah. Um, and then draft-wise, they had a very good draft that year with Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson and Milton Williams uh, and Patrick Johnson, obviously. Yeah. So, I'm... this year, free agency was a major factor. Mm -hmm. Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury trades for aj brown and cj gardner johnson mm -hmm. and this year's draft has not made a, a significant impact yet so i'm gonna go trades higher now because when you talk about trading carson wentz yeah i think the trades are the plurality and the opportunity cost that created right uh and you know the cap space so and just the overall direction of the organization you know uh Howie hitting the reset button there was huge. And they've really yeah, I mean you can tell you can tell the story of the Eagles turnaround in just the Carson Wentz trade and the AJ Brown trade. Yes, exactly. You are in one year you are blowing things up and the year later you are cat you are pushing your chips in yep. and that's how quickly things happen. And you know they they took it on their chin with the cap hit that year and now in, in this past year they reaped the benefits of having a quarterback on a rookie contract which is such a valuable, um, s such a, a luxury in the NFL in 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 how you build your roster. So I I, I would go trades, forty five signings, thirty five drafting, the remainder. Can you do that math? Yes, twenty. Okay, <laughs> that's kind of insulting, Bo. Well, I'm just putting you on the putting on the spot. Okay. I would go um just to be different, I would go draft 21 
trades 46, free agency 33. Okay. Um, some people asking the chat, Zach, about uh, the Landon Dickerson update. Any news there? Yeah, so uh, so you saw reports come out yesterday. I think Jeff McLean had it first that uh, that he will be playing in the Super Bowl. I think a hyperextended elbow, but he'll be, he'll be out there. So you benefit from two weeks. Landon's a tough guy, um, and yeah, they'll have all five. Mm. One all thing right. we didn't discuss was Nick Sirianni's daughter, because oh, uh, Bo brought that I up yesterday. That was. I mean, to me, since the end of that game, that's been just like the only thing Taylor. I can. Yeah. Fantastic. Incredible. I think she needs, you know, a spot uh, uh, during Radio Row. Like she yeah, let's see if own... we can get her on the pod. Yeah. she's good. definitely has takes. She needs a platform to share them, you know. Very, the yeah, she was, she was fantastic. Yeah. That was great. I, I, had, a, uh, I had another family take that I needed to, needed to get off. Marissa, good job. Uh, there. I not- agree. I, I agree. And it was fantastic. And Nick has, has been bringing up his, his kids throughout the year, but it hasn't brought up Taylor. He's had, he's had Miles up there. He says, mm. yeah. So maybe because he knew she would steal the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I knew she would steal the show. Yeah. But now he also, Zach, uh, spent some time in his press conference yesterday talking about um, meeting his wife. I'm sure this was some, this was a little bit of a disappointment to you because you were going to write the whole uh, meet cute marriage story as a, as a, as a big drop next week. Yeah. And now all of a no, sudden it's, it's out accel- there. It's got to accelerate up, up the calendar. You can't do it. Yeah. No, it's a, yeah. it's a valid point. I was actually, uh, I was texting with someone about it yesterday who who joked about the wedding with me and i told him yeah yeah i probably know a little too much about the situation but yeah nick nick uh nick's family is from the kansas city area nick's the family he married into um his his wife's family is from the kansas city area uh nick's brother-in-law is a devoted kansas city chiefs fan who is rooting for the eagles so no split allegiances there uh he met his his wife Brett at a uh, um, in Kansas City when Nick was working there. Nick Nick played uh, as he said yesterday. He played the Chiefs card with her, hmm. right? He, the I I work for the Chiefs card and uh, I coach the Chiefs. He probably said I coach, not I work for, right? But if you say I coach the Chiefs, that right. makes it sound like you're I'm the a head coach. coach. Of the Did you play the Eagles card? I'm a coach. Did you play the? Well, well you were dating someone at the time. Yeah, yeah no, so that would that would have yeah. Um, we were already together. Yeah, she but like it also could work against you that I coach because like coaches' lifestyles are tough. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, yes, yeah. it definitely could have its perks, but it's like, hey, I coach the Chiefs. I might be able to talk to you like for like two hours a week, yeah. kind right? Of thing. So that's a good point. <laughs> Especially that low on the totem pole. Yeah, yeah. you're you're grinded. Did you play the Eagles card, Zach? Well, I I didn't work with for Emily. Um, did you play the Inquirer card? That no, I I definitely did not. Um, I, I definitely did not do that. No. What card did that, you play? That, 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 that would not impress her. Um, you just flashed <laughs> those beautiful eyes. <laughs> that didn't work either. <laughs> um, no, I, I, uh, she wasn't interested at first. And I, I think, uh, she, yeah, she, she, th- she thought I was boring at first, but. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you won her over. I won her over. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, I won her over. How did you prove that you weren't boring? Um. I don't know if I proved it. I, I just think I was just myself, right? You know? And yeah, the more someone gets to know you, they, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We don't have okay. to get into all this. 
We probably don't have to you get kept, into how, kept, how, how Nick met his wife either. Right? As I was, you kept call- as I was talking about it, I was like, I probably know too much about about this, but um, <laughs> but she thought you were boring. But by the fourth time you called to ask for the homework, she thought maybe this guy's <laughs> maybe there's something a little extra to this guy. Uh, no, no, we 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 met post school. So I had an extra, I had an interesting uh, uh, observation in the uh, aftermath of the. NFC Championship celebration, as you know, the coaches were with their families. Famously, uh, on this podcast, we've talked about how Jim Schwartz's kids were wearing Jalen Mills jerseys, or his son was wearing Jalen Mills jerseys, and that was an indication of how you knew that that Jalen Mills was a popular guy with Jim Schwartz. Who would you guess that Denard Wilson's children? What jersey were they wearing? I believe there were two of them. They were wearing the same jersey. I found this very interesting. Um. So if you found it interesting, I guess not Slayer Bradbury, okay? Because you found it, because it would be less obvious. Zach McPherson. Now that would be okay. fascinating. Well, well, they're they're um, Maryland guys, so that's why. Okay. No. Um. Marcus Epps. No. C.J. Garner Johnson. No. Avante Maddox. No. Reed Blankenship. No. Uh, who is it? Devonte Smith. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Tells you what what those guys on defense have talked think about him. <laughs> I had a conversation with James Bradbury about that as well. He how much he loves watching Devonte Smith. So makes an impression. Uh, last thing, Zach. Before we go, uh, the uh, the coaching update. Uh, yeah. Now that now that Sean Payton has gone to Denver, D'Amico Ryan's has gone to Houston. Indianapolis is the only job remaining. So Jonathan Gannon uh, will not be leaving. He will return as the defensive coordinator for what we understand. But Shane Steichen is one of seven uh, finalists for the Indianapolis Colts job, according to Zach Kiefer. What's your, uh, what's your thought there? Ear to the grindstone. Yeah. Check out Kiefer's work. He well, check out all Kiefer's work. Um, He's awesome, but uh, definitely check out Zach Kiefer on the Colts coaching search. And, uh, he's, I I don't have any extra insight for you. He is one of the finalists. He's he's going to get another an, another interview there. He's allowed to talk to them this week, um, and we'll see how that goes. It's it's a they're casting a wide net, especially relative to what they did last time when they hired Josh McDaniel, and then McDaniel backed out and they had to reset the search. Uh, but do you hear that nugget about how? McDaniel's wife made him pull out because Ursay spent like an hour in the bathroom at their house. <laughs> I saw that. I mean, I, I, I don't have that independently confirmed, but um, yeah, I asked if you saw it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did see that. Um, Pretty funny. I'd probably, I'd probably tell my wife to back out too. That was the case. <laughs> um, uh, no, but uh, D'Amico going to Houston. I think that that was the best shot for Gannon. And so Gannon looks like Gannon's going to be back. And uh, I think that's a good situation for the Eagles. I think Jonathan Gannon's a good defensive coordinator. Um, Shane, yeah, I, it certainly sounds like Shane's still in play there. Now there are, it, based on the the variety of coaches that they're speaking to, it doesn't seem like they have a type, right? It, it seemed like the Colts, oh, I'm sorry, not the Colts, the Panthers wanted an offensive guy. Almost as if he has no control or philosophy at all 
Well, I would say it's it's better. I I like casting a wide net. Yeah, so I mean, I, Zach's know. report today said it's it's not just like Saturday's job, which I think there had been a perception that they're doing this whole dog and pony show and it's going to be Jeff Saturday's job. Um, so if if they really are casting this wide net and trying to find the best coach and leader, then then credit to them. Um, but what I mean by that is. They have guys from defensive side. They have guys from offensive side. They have, I mean, Raheem Morris has been a coach before. Um, Rich Basachi has been an interim coach before. They they have different types of um, backgrounds there on that list. So uh, one of my favorite spoonerisms in the coaching game. Spoonerism. Bitch Rasachia. What's a spoonerism, by the way? It's 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 That's when you spoonerism. switch the first. They the yeah. first letter in the okay yeah okay so somebody never did my crossword puzzle. <laughs> uh, no, I probably didn't do it because you had to print it off, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, um, <laughs> but no, we'll, we'll see what happens. With, we'll see what happens with Steichen, and then we'll see what happens with uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Gannon's gonna be back, but I do think something that that that's really important to monitor for the Eagles is if they lose assistant coaches to coordinator jobs, Brian Johnson, yes. I imagine still a bunch of offensive yeah. coordinator job openings. Um, and I think Brian in particular is going to be a popular candidate. I actually, I don't know if he's been interviewed by uh, the Buccaneers and I don't know. I, I know that the Buccaneers interviewed Todd Monken. Um, and I don't know if Kyle Trask is going to be uh, their quarterback. Um, I would hope not, but I would say that, uh, that, he had Kyle Trask had an unbelievable season with Brian Johnson as his offensive coordinator at Florida. So uh, we actually have a, an, a, an official statement now mm -hmm. from the Eagles um, on Josh Sills. The organization is aware of the legal matter involving Josh Sills. We have been in communication with the league office and are in the process of gathering more information. We have no further comment at this time. There you go. Put this out there. Yep. Now, well, you, I will put it out there when we finish the pod. We can wait. Yeah. Uh, which is now. Okay. So, good for you. Uh, that'll do it. We can close the book on. Oh, that real quick. Now. Um, yeah. Because I tend to plug stuff on 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 here. You can check out on the athletic. I would be surprised if Brian Johnson does a good job. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, check out a story I have today on uh, Jalen Hurts yes. and Michael Jordan. And you might say, like, all right, it's a stretch for Nick Sirianni to compare Jalen Hurts to Michael Jordan. And I agree. I think Jalen would agree that look, Michael Jordan might be the greatest player of all time and has six titles, and Jalen Hurts is not there yet. But I think what this story really illustrates is, A, Jalen Hurts' uh, kind of admiration and idolizing, you know, the way he idolizes Michael Jordan, and all these little nuggets from throughout the year that, uh, like Easter eggs, if you will, about – the Michael Jordan uh, connection to Jalen Hurts. So check that out on The Athletic, and we're going to have more uh, original good content in the next few days and weeks ahead. There you go. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. We'll be back at some point uh, later this week. One more episode for Wheels Down in Phoenix next week for the Superb Owl. For Zach, 
and Marissa and Chris Long. We thank you for listening and watching. We'll talk to you later this week. And as always, we love you.